Welcome to the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening for Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the good, well-pleasing, and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace that was given me, to every man who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think reasonably, as God has apportioned to each person a measure of faith. For even as we have many members in one body, and all the members don't have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us. If prophecy, let's prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. Or service, let's give ourselves to service. Or he who teaches to his teaching. Or he who exhorts to his exhorting. Or he who gives, let him do it with generosity. Or he who rules with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. In love of the brothers, be tenderly affectionate to one another. In honor, preferring one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring in troubles, continuing steadfastly in prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own conceits. Repay no one evil for evil. Respect what is honorable in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it is up to you, be at peace with all men. Don't seek revenge yourselves, beloved, but give place to God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This week we're in Romans chapter 12. So far in Romans, we've seen Paul talk about the wrath of God the need we have for a savior. He's clearly shared the good news of Jesus Christ and proclaimed the gospel. He's talked about God's plan for Israel and how the Gentiles are included in the promises of God through the gospel. We see that all the world is invited to become part of this heavenly inheritance, Jew or Gentile, Greek or barbarian. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And after laying out this plan of God, this final section of Romans starting in chapter 12, is going to talk about the will of God for the Christian. 
In light of all these things, in light of what Christ has done for us, in light of the fact that we as Gentiles are fellow heirs with the Jews through our faith, that we've been grafted into these promises into the house of Israel, into the body of Christ, since that's the case, how ought we to act? How are we to respond? Whether Jew or Gentile, how should we behave in the household of God? The Apostle Paul, who's writing this chapter through the leading of the Holy Spirit, he's going to appeal to us as Christians to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He says, this is our spiritual worship. He explains further, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Jesus says in Matthew 14, 24 to 26, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If we've received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior in this free gift of salvation, in response to this gift, we ought to then offer ourselves to God, deny ourselves, take up our own cross and follow Jesus as a response to the free gift of salvation because we love Jesus and his love has been poured into us. Remember, as we talked about in Romans 5, because Jesus is a fountain of living waters, his love through the Holy Spirit is going to be continually poured into us so that we're capable of being vessels used by God, not because there's anything good or special in and of ourselves. There's nothing good in our flesh, Paul talks about in Romans 7. But anything good in us is Christ in us, working through us for his will and pleasure and to his glory and for the edification of the church body. So how do we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? Paul is telling us to be a living sacrifice because we're living stones being built up to a spiritual house to offer up sacrifices for God. Now, the interesting thing about living sacrifices is that we don't always want to stay on the altar. We have the ability to walk away. We're not a dead, lifeless piece of meat just sitting there on the altar. How can we discern what this sacrifice should look like for us? What's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, as Paul talks about here? He says that we cannot be conformed to the image of this world. And the Apostle John confirms this as well when John teaches that friendship with the world is enmity with God. And we also need to have our minds renewed. And so how do we have our minds renewed? It's through the Word of God. The Word of God is the standard. It's like the plumb line. It's the standard against which we should test everything that we do in our lives to see if our thoughts are aligning with his thoughts, if our ways are in alignment with his ways, because naturally, a lot of times they will not be when we're in the flesh. Remember in Romans 7, Paul talked about the struggle and the battle we would have between the flesh and the spirit. We want the spirit to be victorious in that battle between the spirit of God in us and our own flesh that's still dwelling in us because we have inherited Adam's sin nature. And that's something that we're still fighting against as Christians. How do we feed the spirit rather than the flesh? What well, great way is to continually be feeding ourselves with God's word. Jesus says about his word in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The word of God plays an important role in our lives to continually sanctify us and wash us so that we can be in alignment with God's will 
and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in accordance with his purpose for our lives and his call for us. Now, Paul in chapter 12, he's gonna make it clear that while there are general things that all Christians should do, we specifically all have different roles and functions within the body of Christ and they're all equally necessary and important. But the first thing is that none of us should think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but we ought to think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So again, we have to remember that our ways are not His ways. Our thoughts are not always His thoughts. We need to think more highly of God's ways and His thoughts than we do of our own and submit to them. We ought to be willing to continually expose ourselves to His thoughts and His ways through His Word. And also, we need to think with sober judgment about ourselves and the gifting and calling that Christ has on us individually and work within those parameters. No individual is the entire body. So if you're the foot and you've realized that you have this specific role or function, operate in that role and that function. Don't think that you're the nose or the eye or the hand. Just be the foot and be content and joyful in that function. I don't think this list of spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 12 is exhaustive, meaning that it's, it's all that there is, but I think Paul's just giving some examples of some of the more prominent ones. An individual might be specifically gifted in one area, or maybe somebody has a few giftings. It's all according to the measure of faith that Christ has given each one of us. Think of a snowflake. Each snowflake is unique and individual in its own right, or a fingerprint. In the same way, I believe that the Holy Spirit has assigned to each one of us a unique gifting that's like a fingerprint or like a snowflake. And so one might have a specific combination of certain giftings, and another person might have a certain combination of some of those same giftings. But even the expression of how God uses those two individuals is still going to be unique and different and needed. What are some of these giftings? Prophecy. Paul talks about prophecy. We're going to prophesy in proportion to our faith. Prophecy can be foretelling the future. But more often than not, I think prophecy is just bringing forth God's word. It could be a timely expression of God's word that's much needed in somebody's life. We're having a word of knowledge that's in accordance with and in alignment with God's word. Some are particularly gifted in teaching, others in exhorting, or another word for exhortation is encouragement. Some contribute in generosity. Others are called to lead. And whatever we do, we're supposed to do with zeal. If we're being merciful to someone, do it with cheerfulness. But Paul's saying, let's use these gifts. Let's not hide them. The purpose of these gifts is to serve each other within the body of Christ and to build up his body so that we as Christians can reach maturity in Christ. And ultimately, all of this for the glorification of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says in Romans chapter 9, let love be genuine. The word love there refers to what people call agape love. It's a certain type of love in the Greek language. The highest form of love is the type of love that Christ had for us by dying for us on a cross. And that's the same type of love that we're called to display to our brothers and sisters in Christ. A kind of sacrificial love. A love that's more than, <laughs> I love pizza. I love to play basketball or I love to run. No, this is the type of love that includes a pouring out of yourself that's an investment into somebody else that's looking into someone else's interests more than your own. And Paul's saying, let this love be genuine or without hypocrisy. The idea of a hypocrite is somebody who's an actor, somebody who's wearing a mask. 
insincere love would be like being at church and putting on the happy face and acting nice, but not being genuine or sincere in your interactions with your fellow Christians. And then as soon as you're not in their presence, maybe you gossip about those same people. But Paul says, let that love be genuine. Let it come from the heart. So there's so much practical application, and I'm not going to have time to go through every one of these in Romans chapter 12. We have so many examples just in this chapter of what God's good and acceptable and perfect will is for the Christian. He says, for example, in verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable on the side of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. In verse 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. This is a hard thing to do. I see a really awesome example of this in scripture with David from the Old Testament. He had been anointed or selected or chosen beforehand to be the king. Saul, who was the previous king and the first king of Israel, he was pretty jealous. He did not like David. In fact, he got to the point where he wanted to kill David and began pursuing him. And so David was like a fugitive. He had to hide from Saul who was in hot pursuit of him. And on more than one occasion, David found himself in a situation where he could have killed Saul. One of the occasions, David was hiding out in a cave and Saul, in pursuit of David, went into the cave by himself to relieve himself. <laughs> had no clue David was in there and David could have killed him then, but showed him mercy. And there was another time when I believe Saul was sleeping and David snuck in and got close to Saul and David was able to cut off a piece of Saul's clothing. And then when Saul woke up and realized what had happened and that David had been merciful towards him, he, he cried out, he wept. And Saul essentially said, I repaid you evil, but you have repaid me good. And Paul teaches, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And I think that's exactly what happened with King Saul. David was heaping burning coals on his head in that instance our honorable and merciful and loving actions towards those around us, even towards our enemies who don't deserve that kind of behavior, the hope and the prayer is that, that maybe that would awaken their conscience, that they could feel guilty, they could be ashamed of their behavior, and God would awaken them to repentance. Who knows? But that can be a testimony to people, I think, is to show love even when they don't deserve it, because we certainly don't deserve it from God. But even while we were still sinners, Christ, He died for us. While we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to him by the death of his son. So do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. By grace we have been saved through faith, and this not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by our works so that no one can boast We are called to be free But we do not use our freedom To live for sin And so we serve and love each other Created in Christ Jesus to do good works Which God prepared for us to do that we might bear Him fruit Cause He took our hurt We worship the Father in Spirit and truth 
Our spiritual worship is bearing good fruit We once were in darkness, but now we are children of light Our lives are a living sacrifice Everyone who says to Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the Father's will by believing in Jesus will enter his rest. We are saved by grace alone, and full of love we show our faith by what we do. Without works is dead Cause a heart of love Bears the sweetest fruit For when we remain in Christ We live by His word We worship the Father in Spirit and truth Our spiritual worship Is bearing good fruit We once were in darkness but now we are children of light Our lives are a living sacrifice Jesus saw the rich giving gifts for the temple But that poor humble widow gave more than ever She couldn't she had, like her we will stand and give ourselves fully to God. For those who love the life will lose it, and those who lose their life for Christ will find it. We worship the Spirit and truth Our spiritual worship Is bearing good fruit We once were in darkness But now we are children of light Our lives are a living sacrifice The work that God is that we believe in His Son That was Living Sacrifice from the Adams Road album, Enemy of the Cross. Every time in the middle of the night You're calling out my name Can't you feel my arms wrapped around you 
holding you close so you can't feel the cold. I know it's hard to feel my presence sometimes in this world. Oh, but ask yourself, whose face did you think that I was looking into when I was hanging on? Right before my eyes As I paid your cards And I looked into your eyes And told you of my love For you to live I would die for you And the beatings I never had to question why I just thought of you And my love overflowed And my pain Passed on by So come to me With your burdens Lay them right here Told you of my love 
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Romans chapter 13. Grace and peace be with you all.